This is episode 36 of the Soul of Sensitivity podcast. I'm your host, Anna Holden. I'm a professional intuitive and energy healer. I help highly sensitive people dig into the shadows of their soul to access their gifts, reclaim their purpose, and get intimate with their ultimate truth. This is season two, and in it, we're exploring healers, specifically how they got here, how they do their healing magic, and the beliefs they have that guide them forward. We're also taking a peek at the specific practices they have in place to keep themselves healthy. Let's face it, being a badass in a sensitive body is no joke, and the healers I interview share their strategies for staying healthy while healing the world. This is the Soul of Sensitivity. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the last episode of the year, the last episode of season two, the last time when I will be doing seasons, because guess what? I suck at theming seasons. Let's just start there, shall we? (laughs) But no, seriously, welcome back. I just want to say a big thank you to all of you who have listened to this podcast. It has been incredibly heartening to receive your feedback, to see all of the listens and the downloads and... Um, you know, and, and hear from you that this has been really valuable for you. I started this project because it felt like it was time to communicate to the world vocally, um, shifting a bit from the writing I'd been doing. And I really have loved the response. So thank you so much. And to all of my patrons on Patreon, thank you, thank you, thank you for supporting this project. The patron uh, donations give me just enough financial wiggle room to uh, be able to continue this project. It takes a lot of time to produce a podcast um, myself, and so having some of that financial wiggle room is incredibly helpful. I'm still only about halfway to my first goal, so if any of you um, have been listening to the podcast and feel like you could support at you know maybe a $2 a month level, it's super helpful, and you get all the extras of um, that the awesome guests that I have and that I put out um, gives you each each podcast episode. And if that is not available to you, I would love to have your honest review on iTunes. Um, rating and reviewing the podcast helps it get it in front of more eyeball, eyeballs and behind more ears, in more earbuds. So all of that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you to Alana who just pledged at the $30 level. That's amazing to me. That helps me out so much and also kind of lights a fire under my pants because that $30 level is about looking at the manuscript to my book, and which I have and which I am working on. And so that, that gives me a little bit of a, a spark to get uh, more of that writing time in my calendar for the new year. So thank you. This is the end. Of, this is the last episode of the year and I want to talk a minute about what I learned this year. As I said just a minute ago, I learned that I'm not good at seasons. (laughs) You know, as I watch some people who have seasons in their podcasts, you know, they're so fantastically organized. It's just brilliant. You know, it's very structured. And, um, you know, I am organized, but I'm not structured like that. And it's, it's been just kind of this interesting journey because when I was younger in my, through high school and in my um, college years and early 20s, I was 
both organized and very structured. And in fact, being outside of my structure um, caused a little bit of anxiety. Uh, and I think that's I think that being structured was part of the reason that I did well in school um, and that I I really enjoyed the structure of school. Um, and the more that I've dived into learning about natural rhythms, so the rhythms of the moon, the rhythms of my menstrual cycle, and the rhythms of different periods in my life, um, I have learned, and a lot of this is coming from, I've said her name so many podcasts, from Darla Antwine. I don't see it on her website anymore, but she had this fantastic course called the Blueprint Cycles. So Darla, if you're listening, you got to tell me if you're going to bring that back. If not, then we might have to bring it to my listeners somehow Um, because it's fantastic. It's chock full of all of this information about the energies available to you at different times in your cycle, different times of the moon cycle and different times of your life. And a piece of information in that that was so helpful for me to understand was that um, that those teen and early 20 years, that time of our lives about, you know, before about our Saturn return or before we become mothers are very, it, it's kind of ruled by a masculine type of energy. And so it was so much easier to be structured and organized and kind of linear and, um, oh, you know, like more like building blocks. I, it was easier for me to structure myself that way. And I have found over the last several years that becoming increasingly difficult, increasingly, increasingly difficult. Um, and it was such an aha for me when, I, as I was listening to that course about how um, now that I'm in the mother time of life, very um, literally, because I have um, actually become a mother, and this happens whether or not we actually have children, Um, but when we reach that time of life, that time of life is ruled by a more feminine type of energy. And what that really said to what the light bulb that came on for me was, oh, I am ruled by more of the feminine ways of knowing, the more limbic ways of knowing, emotional ways of knowing, and cyclical and rhythmic ways of knowing. And that, when I follow those and I give myself permission to follow those, it works so much better. I was at a workshop a few months ago and the methodology behind, she was teaching business practices and her methodology was incredibly masculine. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I just found that it really didn't work for me. And in fact, it decreased my productivity. Um, And... I'll get in this cycle where I will create things just for the sake of creating them, not because they're moving me. And when I do that, when I create something and put it out there for the sake of creating it, for that um, following that more solar or masculine energy, it never works. So anyway, just kind of letting you know what's going on behind the scenes here. So I'm not going to be doing seasons anymore, but I am going to be doing twice a month episodes. Part, I have a really big goal for next year, which is to help me personally return to these more natural, rhythmic ways of being. I've been talking about this off and on on the podcast for a while, but I'm really starting to hone it in. Um, I've been studying uh, lunar cycles more. I've been tracking my menstruation. Um, I have been... um, uh, calling forth all of the Ayurvedic information I have. 
you know, I studied to become an Ayurvedic practitioner and had kind of um, closed the door to a lot of that information as my psychic and intuitive business took off. So I'm opening that door again because the information that's, you know, Ayurveda is all about how we are nature, how what is happening in the macrocosm of nature is happening in the microcosm of our bodies. And the more that I teach intuitive and psychic skills, the more I'm seeing the need for embodiment, embodied practices. Embodied practices help us touch in with ourselves. It helps connect us to our humanity so that we can be healers who are not causing more harm in the world. There are healers who, when we get disconnected from our humanity, we actually cause more harm and trauma. We've talked about this in several episodes And so part of my goals for this year personally are, uh, I don't want to say this, are weaving a life for myself that is more connected with rhythms. And my goal is to do this in, you know, every aspect of my life, how I how I exercise, how I eat, how I um, plan my time right? How I schedule things so that I'm not scheduling things necessarily based on a circadian rhythm, um, but on a more um, rhythmic, fluid uh, lunar rhythm. So part of what that means is that this podcast, instead of coming out every other Monday, it will come out on the new and full moon of each month. I will make sure that you have a list in the show notes of the new and full moon so you can mark those on your calendar. And if you're interested in kind of sharing, you know, sharing this journey with me, you're, you're going to hear tidbits on the new and full moon because part of the podcast in the new year will include a little bit of the energies that are available to us, what's happening in the macrocosm that we might want to be aware of as highly sensitive people so that we can feel more connected and less chaotic, right? Like we all want that. Um, so I, I'll make a list of those new and full moons for you, but I'd really recommend um, that you... Find a lunar calendar for yourself. I really love the Wee Moon calendar. I used to use that when I was in college that before, you know, online calendars were a thing. So I am back to using that. And I have their handheld spiral calendar as well as a calendar on my wall. Um, because I'm a big picture person, I need to see the big picture. Um, to just have to help you start to track those uh, rhythms. And don't feel like you have to do anything more than that. My goal is to bring you information to just get you started. And if you want to dive into this a little bit deeper, I invite you to join my membership group, The Refuge for Sacred Rebellion, and get this. In the new year, it's free. Yep, that's right. The Refuge for Sacred Rebellion has now become a free group on Facebook. And really, it's becoming a place where we talk about the podcast. I jump in weekly with um, live videos and guided meditations. um, And I will be bringing in podcast prompts. So there's a, a place for you to talk about the podcast. Um, So if you want to join the Refuge for Sacred Rebellion... You know, you can head on over there right now, um, find it on Facebook, um, but that's going to be launching for free in the new year, along with my new website, everybody, which I've been talking about for months. 
it's finally finished. It's going to launch for sure on like the 1st of January. It's so fucking pretty, you guys. <sighs> I'm in love. I hope you love it as much as I do. I'm sure there'll be some kinks to work out, but my goodness, I am so excited about it. Um, okay, so I just want to make sure that's all that I had to tell you about the updates. Um, the other piece about um, the podcast is that you know, my goal is to um, bring on more speakers who are in touch with these natural rhythms and help us um, help us with rituals and and you know activities that we can do to 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 connect ourselves. Um, and so that's part of what I'm going to be doing today as we talk about solstice a little bit later on. And at the end of the podcast, I'm going to be sharing with you my solstice. I'm calling it my transmission. So basically, I work in my sacred space, meaning I connect with my, you know, my guides and source and I kind of listen, what's the message? And I've been doing that on my Friday oracles on Instagram, where I pull some oracle cards and... um put out my downloaded message. And so I I have a weirdness around calling what you'll receive a transmission. Um, But the sense that I had is that I was connected to um, my guides and also the the very, very pregnant Earth Mother, um, who's about ready to give birth to the light. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt, but I hope you enjoy the message. I hope it resonates with you. That'll be at the end of the podcast. Happy holidays, everyone. Whatever holiday it is that you're celebrating, there are so many beautiful holidays that kind of coalesce together this time of the year, and I hope that um, you are acknowledging all of them and having, you know, an, uh, I hope that you're having happy holidays. I have a love-hate relationship with the holidays, as many of my clients do as well. I love the magic around the holidays. So I'll tell you a story about my childhood, which is that, and I've said this in a podcast before, but my mother to this day has not revealed that Santa Claus, close your kids' ears, you know, that you know about Santa Claus, right? Okay, so my mom to this day has not let that story out of the bag. I'm 37. But what is really interesting about that for me as a child was that it was not like she was defending her point and I would argue against her. She created this, um, um, she allowed for permission for me to believe what I wanted to believe. Um, And so that was something, that's something that I really think fondly um, about the holidays. And the holidays for me um, were, it was a really peaceful time uh, in my childhood, we often went skiing, but it was just my immediate family, and there was something really peaceful about that that I really enjoyed. I feel different about the holiday now as an adult, and particularly as a parent. There's this interesting pressure to make the holiday, a, you know, perfect, you know, to pass on the magic to you know, make this something that my son will remember. I mean, he's two, he's probably not going to remember it. But but also to infuse my home with ritual and tradition, to pass on what my family and my ancestors have given us 
to connect with what I, what I feel personally as a vital part of the season. Um, and then also, um, uh, one of my roles in our family is kind of the creator of these things. That's a, that, so all of that's great. It's also a lot of demand. And so I talked about this in my newsletter a couple weeks ago, where this is a season where if we're not careful, we can let the demand and our own forms of perfection take over and overshadow what could potentially be a really happy and sacred time. So some of my perfection pictures come up around, um, you know, making sure that um, the the eve of solstice, um, well, not mother night, but like the solstice night is this, you know, ritual filled, beautiful thing that's age appropriate for my son that my husband can connect to that like has good food and the right amount of treats without too much sugar, like that I'm getting a little bit um, in my perfect pictures there. Um, But whether or not that's your role in the family, there can be a lot of demand. And I just want to say hello to the fact that demand is an energy. And it is an energy that tends to be foreign to our energetic systems. Sometimes we put pressure on ourselves, right? When I'm talking about perfection, that's when I'm putting pressure on myself. And if I look energetically or I bring kind of some awareness or consciousness to that uh, perfection, I can I can really dig in and say, is this mine? Is this feeling that I must do this? Is this actually coming from me? Is this what I feel in my heart of hearts to be true? Or am I feeling on some level that I will be a bad mom, wife, whatever, if I don't do this? You know, maybe the more... Um, generic would be to say, am I trying to win Pinterest, right? Or am I just, (laughs) or is this exactly what I want? Because when we fall into that energy of demand, we are not, we're not living from our heart of hearts anymore. We're living from an external sense of perfection. Perfection doesn't start within us, by the by. Perfection is fear, And usually that fear comes from a sense that we received early on that we might not be enough or that we have to perform in order to receive, something like that. So if you're feeling some demand this season, you know, if you're feeling you've got to show up at all the parties, you have to be dressed right and smell right and like have glitter on. I took a deep pause there because I remember there's, I just found out there's biodegradable glitter, but moving on. Um, If you're feeling that way, might want to take a deep breath and kind of dig into that that feeling, that sense of perfection, that sense of demand. Is this really mine? Is this really how I want to be doing this? Am I just falling into some fear of missing out? Do I want to jump into the joy of missing out? <laughs> I love the joy of missing out. I would love more of it in my life. That brings up another topic. Um, 
something that uh, comes up in this at this season. The season's always interesting. I always think I'm going to get kind of a break in my work, and then my schedule gets very full. And that's not you know any sort of criticism, but it it shows me how challenging this season is, right? Because um, when we are around family, which a lot of us are around family, that brings up our programs, that brings up perfection, that um, that triggers us in ways that we might not be triggered otherwise. Um, and something that I see a lot of people, um, you know, in my circles talking about are like, put up your protection, you know, put up your protection and let's get out in the world and just put up your protection and go to that party. You know, have you got your white light on? And I just wrote a blog post about why your white light of protection isn't working. And I want to speak to that here. I did, I, I received a good response from people who know me well, and I, I didn't receive a, a huge response um, from others. It's really common, you know, I use common in quotes, common knowledge in the spiritual world. And it's been told, you know, it's been said to use this time and time again, a white, you know, white light. Use a field of white light all around you. So I'd like you to imagine for a minute um, that you are um, laying on a table with your eyes closed. And that when you open your eyes, there are white lights all around you, shining in at you. What can you see? Nothing, because you're blinded by white light. So we often, we're, we're often told to imagine the energy of white as being connected with uh, the spiritual realm. And in, in a lot of ways, that's really true. But the other interesting thing about white light is that it has no discernment about which parts of the spiritual realm we're connecting to. So I'll often get clients who have been working with um, like white lights of protection or, you know, using white light in their aura um, a lot for a really long time. And they come to me because they're having a real difficulty being grounded. Uh, maybe they're having a lot of spiritual visitations that are unsolicited um, and they have a really difficult time separating their energy from other people. And this happens because if you look at the actual energy of white light, it doesn't have discernment. So it's not really a white light of protection. It is connecting you to spiritual realms, but it has no discernment about the spirits that it's connecting you to. And so oftentimes we actually become more infiltrated with um, what I will call unconscious spiritual energy. energy. So it, it's kind of like the static on your TV. Things actually get a little bit busier. There can be temporary relief from white light shields because there there is a sense of being lifted, right? Sometimes when we use white light, there's a sense of being lifted a little bit out of the body and protected on that spiritual realm. But the truth is that we're spirits in human bodies and we need to learn protection in our human bodies. When we are lifted up and out, it creates a tremendous um, propensity toward bypassing. To, because when we are lifted up and out of our body just a bit, the first thing we lose connection to is our humanity, our body and our humanity. So I'm sure I'm going to get dissent on this, and that's fine. But what I notice in the energy of white, 
of white light in particular is that it's static causing. It's difficult to stay in our body with that type of energy. It's difficult to connect to our humanity. And at the same time, we're not actually protected. We've actually just become a little bit more um, subtle, if that makes sense. So, you know, in a way you're protected because you're not in your emotional, um, your emotional centers. So in my courses, we don't focus on protection, like a protection um, shield. We do use a tool for protection, but what we actually focus on is running spiritual energy within our energy body within our body. That might have sounded redundant, but it's really good protection is about being in our body, being okay with all the sensations in our body, and allowing energy to move fluidly. So in the class that I teach called Spiritual Hygiene, I teach these basic tools. So if you're listening and you've tried a white light and you're like, yeah, that, that didn't work for me. Well, spiritual hygiene is for you. So spiritual hygiene teaches us how to take authority. So we're not just giving up our power to spiritual entities to protect us. We're actually saying hello to our authority and our sovereignty, to our individual spirit. Connecting with others comes later. We do do that because there's, you know, there it's important to connect to other people on this planet and it may feel important for you to connect to spirits later on, but we want you to be you first to know where you exist, where your boundaries are so that you can holistically and safely connect with others. So in spiritual hygiene I teach, you know, how to be an authority and how to maintain sovereignty, how to create an energy fluidity so that if something enters your space, it's simply moving right back out. It's not getting stuck. What to do if things do get stuck because you got triggered. That happens. What real protection actually looks like. How to get our own energy back from situations that we're taxing. And a lot more. This class is happening on January 13th in Seattle. It's also happening online. So if you don't live in Seattle, it's happening online on February 9th. They are all day intensives to teach you all of these tools. And this is the prerequisite course for everything else in the School for Sacred Rebellion. So if you've been interested at all in developing your intuition, whether that's to do it professionally or to just have a really awesome understanding of you and and what's going on with you so that you can you know, manage yourself and and be awesome out in the world with others. This is an awesome course um, and school for that. So um, spiritual hygiene gets you started with that. And I'm having a sale because it's the solstice. Now you're getting this, um, oh, let's see, you're getting this podcast on Tuesday. And so the solstice is on Friday, the 21st, but I'm going to extend the sale. So I've been offering this sale to my newsletter uh, uh, list for the last week. I'm going to offer it now to all of you who are listening, and I'm going to extend the sale through next Monday. So you have this weekend, this last kind of crazy weekend to um, to use this. So the, the sale is $25 off 
my single sessions, or my program. So it's $25 towards whatever you want to use. And the coupon code, which will also be in the show notes, is solstice25, all uppercase, solstice25. I would love it if you signed up for the program. I would love to see you on January 13th around February 9th. Because I think that more of us need tools like this. Mine are not the only tools in the world, but more of us need tools like this so that we can be our badass, empathic, highly sensitive selves in the world. All right. Speaking of the solstice, something I'm doing this year is um, changing the way that I celebrate this season um, with my family. So it's important to, now that I have a son, now that I have a child, it's important to my parents and my husband's parents to have Christmas together. And I understand that. I'm not a fan of it, but I understand it. There is going to come a time when I might put, you know, might put a stop to that as well, just because for me, traveling around the holidays is very stressful. So as a compromise, um, I have always done rituals on the solstice for myself, but I posted, you know, posted to my husband, I said, hey, you know, we had actually talked about celebrating pagan holidays um, together years ago um, and just kind of hadn't formally gotten there yet because both of us have a resonance with the natural world. And I am pretty deep in, you know, my own practices around natural wisdom and witchcraft, if you want to call it. Uh, well, well, yeah, let's just call it that witchcraft and, um, you know, the, the voodoo that I do. And so I've been very excited to bring this solstice celebration into my home and into my family. So um, the thing that I'm going to say before I talk about this is like, if you don't celebrate solstice, that's fine. You can still be part of all of this. I do not think everyone needs to celebrate this. What I love about the solstice is that it is an earth-based holiday um, and that there are some natural rhythms that we can tune into. So my goal in sharing my solstice celebration with you is to just give you some simple ideas um, that if you want to ritualize the solstice, you are welcome to. All right. And if you don't have the capacity, the space, the whatever to ritualize this with your family, to follow these family, um, th- you know, things I'm going to share with you, there will be a free meditation on Patreon for everyone listening. It will be a public post, a free downloadable meditation for Solstice. And I would love for you to do that. It's a guided meditation that helps you find your own transmission, your own answers about the season for you. Okay, so how I'm celebrating the solstice. I, the solstice is an ancient holiday that is, so when you go through old, um, um, pagan and uh, witchcraft lore, there are many different branches. There's many different ways that this holiday has been um, celebrated depending on, you know, where you were in the world. And this this holiday was mostly in the northern European regions. It's kind of where it developed. But the, the, the major gist of it is that um, the earth as a living being 
being. Whenever I say being, being, people think I mean beans like pinto beans. No, being as a living thing (laughs) is at her darkest time of year. And this dark time of year is it's it's a pregnant time. And it actually really resonates with me as being almost, you know, a third trimester time where in that third trimester, everything slows down. Right, everything starts to get quiet and kind of dark and um, kind of difficult. And if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, you may notice that at this time of the year. And if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, you know, then you'll notice that, you know, six months from now, that the winter gets, you know, dark, first of all. And there is a there is an energy that starts to invite us inward. It invites us to slow down and to hibernate and really to be in shadow, to look at the shadow part of our life, meaning the things that we don't really want to look at, but maybe in the way of us growing. So there's this, you know, what's happening in the macrocosm is this darkness, this invitation inward, um, and you know, things start to slow down. And when the, at the moment of the solstice, it is said that, you know, the, the great mother gives birth to the sun. And it's argued whether the sun, you know, in its most ancient, um, in, in the most ancient traditions of the solstice, you know, is the the sun goddess, because in the the times that this um, holiday originated, most, you know, all of life was seen as feminine, you know, as female. In more modern times, neo-pagan times, the sun is often seen um, as a masculine, a masculine type of energy. I don't know that it matters, you know, but um, what I, how we connect is that there's this idea that we, you know, we are members of this earth community. We are members of the earth and, and each um, holy day, pagan holy, holy day is a way that the humans and, you know, animals as well, I would imagine, help turn the wheel. So the concept is through our ritual, we help foster the turning of the wheel. It's reciprocal. The wheel turns and we turn it. As the wheel turns, we change. As we turn the wheel, the earth changes. And so the, the, ritual, the rituals that I'm creating for my family are about this reciprocity and about celebrating moving toward the light. After December 21st, we are now moving into longer days, meaning we are walking towards the light. Other names for the winter solstice are Yule or Midwinter. And in some of the Celtic mythology I've been following, there's a story that if you're born on Midwinter, you are always seeking the light. You are kind of a a seeker of light. I was actually supposed to be born on Sowan on on Halloween, 
but was born a little bit later. And so I find it interesting that I love walking toward the dark, right? The earth was moving toward the dark and I'm like, yeah, darkness. (laughs) But now we get to start to move toward the light. So there's so much symbology um, in in this holiday. So some of the rituals that I'll be doing with my family is it's traditional to light a Yule log to help protect the home, to, um, you know, it's said that the veil is also thin on this day. Uh, Yule trees, now known as Christmas trees, were often invited in to help keep the um, earth and plant spirits warm. And that tree was decorated to offer food to the plant spirits. Bells were put on the um, boughs to indicate a thankful, you know, thankful um, nature spirit. We don't have a working fireplace to burn a Yule log. So, you know, depending on how much rain we have here in Seattle, our goal is to go out into the backyard to bundle up, to cast a circle, inviting the um, four directions as well as spirit and earth to the circle to acknowledge this time of nature's passing, of the wheel turning, and then of lighting um, what we're going to call a Yule fire um, to celebrate this. Now, my husband and I, my, my son's only two, but my husband and I are going to be writing down the fears that we're hoping to burn away as we walk toward the light, um, and as part of the ritual, burn them in the fire. So if you're looking for a simple ritual to do, solstice is a good ritual to burn away fear, burn away the things that you've been working on in the dark time to make way for walking toward the light. So if you're looking for something kind of quick and easy to do, you can do that. After the ritual time, um, we're going to be coming inside for feasting. And so I'm going to prepare a solstice meal with little fairy cakes, which in my home are (laughs) gluten-free. Little fairy cakes um, using, uh, we're going to be having a ham um, ancestrally. Most of my ancestors may have cooked wild boar. And so just trying to connect as much as possible. Um, It was tradition in my family on Christmas Eve that the elves would leave new pajamas on the door and so we're going to be working with the nature spirits that the nature spirits may leave um, some new pajamas at the door um, as a as a as a thanks for the ritual um, and the offerings I meant to say that there were offerings so you know all of this may seem a little bit silly um, but really what we're trying to do is um, help us connect to nature, help our son connect to nature in this time, um, and create, start to create some family traditions. I also have some other meals that are, uh, or, or foodstuffs that are tradition in my family that I will be making for my family. So, um, a lot of, uh, rituals that you can do have to do with stepping out of the dark and into the light. So getting rid of and or saying goodbye to um, different parts of shadow, different parts of fear, saying hello to the earth in helping her release darkness and working toward a greater cause, um, a greater cause of lightness. And that's what I noticed in the transmission that I have for you. 
I'm really, really excited to be continuing this podcast for you in the new year. I have some cool guests lined up already. And if you, as always, if you have any ideas for um, guests that you would like to hear or topics that you would like discussed, um, I've already gotten some feedback about topics, which I'm super stoked about. I love receiving f- some feedback. I would really, really love to hear that. Your next um, podcast episode will come on the new moon, which will be Saturday, January 5th. There is a full moon right after the solstice, but there will be no podcast that day because I will be in holiday mode with the family. Thank you so much for listening. Without further ado, I'm going to uh, put on this uh, recorded transmission that I have for you. I wish you all a very happy holiday, a very warm and welcoming solstice, and a happy, happy new year. You are not alone, child. There are others. Join them. Begin the walk toward the light. I know you feel weary. This walk has been long. Another year has helped us shed that which was too heavy, too much of a burden to carry, that which was not ours. As we move into the rebirth, as the wheel turns, join the others who are fostering light into this world. They may not look like you. They may not speak like you. But learn to recognize them. They are part of the same ecology from which you were born. Together, you make up the fabric, the tapestry, from which the new world is created. Now we move towards the light. Slowly feel your energy return. Feel your excitement rise, your passion grow. Channel this. Channel this into something good into something connecting, into something that weaves a solid tapestry, a solid hanging that allows the rest of the world to grow. You're here for a reason, dear one. You are here now on my planet at this time, at this age, in this body, for a reason.
you are here on purpose. Through every turn of the wheel ignites that purpose a little brighter into the world. Do not wait. We do not have time for that. Now is the time. Rest tonight on this solstice and march into the light tomorrow. Blessed be. Thanks again for listening to The Soul of Sensitivity. Show notes and links from today's episode can be found at www.sensitivityuncensored.com. If you would like to read more about high sensitivity or intuition, sign up for my mailing list, book an intuitive reading with me, or learn more about my membership group, The Refuge for Sacred Rebellion, please visit my website. Again, it's www.sensitivityuncensored.com.